Welcome to this Estate Agency X podcast. My name is Mark Burgess. I'm Rob Brady. In this podcast, we're going to look at who to lean on in your estate agency when you're looking for answers. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so Rob, um, I'm interested to hear from you about some of your experiences with agents. Now you've been coaching agents for quite a period of time. You've had a lot of successes with agents going through your innovation and growth program. I don't want it to I don't want to talk about the innovation and growth program specifically. It's not a oh come and you do this, you know, come and do this coaching with Rob. I just want to really get to the bottom of some of the things that you've found with agents, some of the common problems mm. and things that perhaps you've discovered and they've discovered about themselves that maybe they didn't know if they didn't maybe even understand what coaching was, whether they thought it was training or mentoring or something different and what all, the, all of those different nuances are mm. that you've found as you've gone through those programs. So I guess the question I'm asking is, what's some of the common objections and wins that you find when you've been coaching agents? Um, so I'd say, uh, understanding of what coaching is first, I'd say um, if you if you break down a three, training, coaching, and mentorship. Training is a directive process you go through. Someone says, "Here's a formula. Or, Here's something that I'm I'm going to teach you to do, and you're just going to follow that process." That's effectively what training is. Coaching is. You could be really completely non-directive a coach. I could not even ever have done a stay but still be a great coach and still help that agent unlock it because you're asking just questions and following your, you effectively, you learn your craft and being a coach and how to unlock people. So a bit like you could be a great football coach without ever being a Premier League footballer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, actually, it's a great, uh, great analogy around, um, about, I saw a particular video once about coaching and it was a guy who used to coach um, banking, people in banking. And that was his main speciality. So I think it was John Whitmore. I think he was like one of the main guys at Barclays originally. But he went into coaching and he talked around, he did this video, he was like filmed in the like 1980s, like old school filming. But he went and did a, a day with a, a load of people playing golf, how to be golfing. He'd never learnt how to be a golf, golfer. He'd never even played golf. But he... The video was basically him with a load of students and then a load of students with actually a pro golfer who was trying to be a coach. Right. And he was, the questions he was asking, like, um, rather than this is how you hit the ball, it's like, so when you hit the ball, which direction did you see it go into? Oh, it went veered to the left. So what, what adjustment do you feel you need to do in the club? Mm. And obviously now you've made that adjustments a bit more straighter and you said you want to go more further. Like, how do you reckon you're going to be able to do that? More power? It's like focus. Yeah, so the, the person is understanding their craft. So that's where coaching is, I think, different to say training. And then mentorship is more around you've done that role. You've done been that person that's gone through that process with the experience. And usually it comes from someone who's a bit more older in that, in that environment because they've, they've had more historic experiences within their sector. And then they'll take a mentee who is not so experienced and wants to learn that on that journey of understanding how that role works. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And so in the, in the role of coach, yeah. 
it's a you feel like would I be right in saying it's about giving agents the focus to do the things that deep down they kind of already know they need to do. Yeah, and it and it comes with back to your original question. You're talking about um, the wins, successes, but also there's sometimes the constraints around it. Is if you think about it, if, if you could be trained on something, just train the process, but you not care about it, you can still learn it. And it's just a case of understanding the system that happens down. I'll give you a great example. Go through McDonald's drive-through, someone's at the cashier there. Someone can literally just do a process. But then someone might go, actually, I want to learn something else and I need to be coached around that. So they're taking that accountability on it, whereas someone could still just be literally taking cash, giving their burger, taking cash, giving that burger. Whereas someone might come along and go, actually, I want to learn how to talk to people properly mm. and how to upsell and how to go down that process. And that's where it starts to level up. Um, so you, you could you could still be training processes, but coaching really, you have to really start to inwardly look at yourself and go, right, okay, like what's my restraints and what's my triggers and what's why I'm the way I am to then take that, take the accountability and then fight against it effectively. And what do you think most of the agents that you talk to know they need to do what's the common thing that they don't that then a bit of focus helps them actually do and see see some difference in their in their lives or their business um <laughs> creating other than banking no but giving yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, given given if they if they over project their ultimate goals. So like, you know, you, you've gone down that route, we've both gone down that route in the last few years around like running and stuff like that. If you look at that, like most agents come along, I want to run a marathon. I'm like, okay, when do you run around the block? I've never done that before, but I'm going to go and run a marathon. And then they go out and run, try and run 5K. And then they'll be like, oh God, that was hard. That marathon's like, well long. I'm not going to do that. And then they cut off. So it's an understanding like, if you've got a big massive goal, it's not no harm in having those big stretch goals, but you really have to systematically look and go, how am I actually going to achieve that? I'm not just going to rock up one day and do that goal. So you have to take that accountability, accountability approaches with that. Yeah. Um, and the marathon's just an analogy, right? Just an analogy, yeah. Yeah, I haven't got to run a marathon as an agent, <laughs> but like, say, I don't know, your marathon was, I want to turn over a million quid, yeah. and I'm at half a million now. Like, you're not just going to turn up one day and go, right, yeah. Oh, it's gonna gonna be a million quid. Yeah, of course, because you, if you turned over six hundred, that'd be a result, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's breaking it down into that, and that helps you with your wins, and then take, removes the stresses of the environment you try and put yourself under. And then the second part is like procrastination, like sitting there, fear of failure, and just it consumes. I think not even just a state agents, but it consumes most people in business. The fear of like if I fail, what would my peers think of me? Um, and but I do think procrastination comes massively down to the environments you create within your own business and your own culture mm. stops procrastination happening because you you just lean into it. Um, I mean, that's from my coaching perspective, but like, you know, you've, I'm a different level. You've, I've, I've been involved within mentoring from you even when I was an agent and, and I've seen the synergy of a lot of clients have gone on a journey and where they are now. So where do you see like yourself, you're, you're, you're a mentor amongst a lot of our clients out there. So what do you feel is probably the experiences you've probably seen with 
business owners really take in? Like, why would a business owner really need a mentor in an environment? Yeah, I think it's a similar thing. I think people just need to be given the confidence to move forward. You know, we as humans are very risk averse. You know, you mentioned just before there, like someone, if they're turning over 500,000, they, they see, if I could get to a million, that'd be a success. And they would only have to drop their revenue by probably 10 grand to see it as a failure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the two don't balance up. People don't see wins the same as they see losses. And that leaves people really, I find, mostly not uh, striving for greatness, but doing their level best to achieve utter catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be like the norm. Yeah. Um, it's not that. Uh, Oh, you shouldn't do that. I mean, it's just that's just human nature. Yeah. And so I think talking to people is that if if I've ever worked with a mentor, it's allowed me to feel a little bit more confident in taking that step that it's not going to end in utter catastrophe. Yeah. Because someone I respect, who's walked the path, has told me this can be done, as opposed to me, little old me who knows nothing and you know I don't know what I'm doing, has just decided this might be a good thing to do. Even if the two things are the same, yeah. I thought it myself. If the mentor tells me, then I have that little bit more confidence that I'm not going to be left with egg on my face. And if I am, it's like, oh, well, you know, he said it was a good idea. So I sort of followed it. So um, it's a tough one. I think it's for most agents and most business owners, we go into business and we don't have much to lose for whatever reason you find yourself in business, whether whether it's because you've got no other options in life, whether it's because you've managed to secure investment, whatever it might be, you're away and it's all dreams are on the table, everything's available to you. When you reach a certain point in business and a certain point in your life and you've got family and kids and all of that sort of stuff, suddenly you, you maybe feel like the stakes are a little bit higher. Yeah. And whilst you do want to shoot for the stars equally, you don't want to rock the boat. Um, so I think it's, would you have would you have two mentors at any one time? Yeah, definitely. I think I, I, I think or three or four. I suppose it depends on what you're trying to achieve. Um, I'm personally I I believe in trying to uh, I don't know if it's that's this is the I don't know if this is even a word but can't, like turn the company into components. Yeah. Turn my business into little components whereby each component has someone focused on that area for instance like you know you're our elite performance coach you're focusing on coaching these agents and you're going away and you're doing courses and you're becoming a qualified coach and you know all of this stuff to the point whereby okay when we first met you didn't do any of that stuff no i could have probably done whatever is classed as coaching better than you could. Mm. And now that isn't the case anymore because I'm not a qualified coach. Mm. You are. And the same with our CTOs and our customer experience and our, all of the elements of our company. I kind of believe that you should try to focus on that. So I spend my time trying to focus on things that I think a CEO should do. Um, and a CEO does a few different things, really. So that's why maybe I think to myself, yeah, you could have a few different mentors. Mm. 
But I can also see there's only so much you can take in at any one time if you want to actually implement. Mm. Um, and the problem that I see with a lot of people whereby I, maybe I've been on, uh, 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 they've been colleagues of mine on courses or people that have come on courses of mine or are people that have asked for advice, is that quite often people get carried away with just consuming more and more information without actually then implementing yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. I um, think... So I don't know if you... When you're, when you're doing your coaching and you talk about the focus, do you, do you sometimes find that you've had a conversation with someone about something and they've loved it, and the next time you talk, they've done nothing with it and want to talk about something else? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... That's the ability to set the goals, but then that comes down to the. You'd find with that, there's either two routes that someone goes down. They either go down that route, and they don't become accountable for what they said they want to do. Because ultimately, like as a coach, you, you're non-directive. It's not like I'm going to walk into that student's office and say, "Right, you said you're going to do this. You're not doing this. So I'm going to do this process for you." It doesn't happen that way. So there, it always comes down to the person who you're coaching and what they want to achieve. So there's either two directions. There's either going to be a case of going, I haven't got enough time for this, so I'm going to veer off until I'm ready to come back into it. Or actually, yep, I should have done that. And I'm going to, what can I learn from this and why did it happen? So, you know, what I tend to find in the first few months of coaching is really to understand like how the business is operating, who is doing what in the business, who am I coaching within those environments? but And then... What's their daily role involve? You know, like if you don't do something over the course of a week or two weeks and you come back to that session, I say to people, don't just not, don't just not turn up. Come to that session and then let's find out why. Why, mm. why did you, why couldn't we achieve that? Oh, because this person was on the holiday. That That's got to be hard though for the, for the person because as I say, like, you know, we've all got a bit of a, uh, a mask going on, haven't we? Whereby yeah. we're pretending that we're in control and and I'm like a duck on the water and under the water, the legs are going like mental, right? So I imagine that that must be quite a hard thing to get an agent to do, to say, oh, come back and tell me you didn't bother doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> I think it just comes back to the environment so where I create as a coach. And that's what I think ultimately the synergy within coaching is uh, a very vulnerable space that I hold and then helped people to unlock that. I mean. We were only ch chatting last week around one of our clients. He was going on a journey himself, and he, and you know he had covered loads of stuff and found out he's actually got he's got ADHD. That's one of his main struggles he had within that, and that wasn't me telling him that because that's not me qualified to do that. But it was down that route of him personally thinking, why do I not get anything finished? Yeah. Why do I fear this? And then off the back of that, he then went and saw people, and then they actually diagnosed it, and then he was like, oh. Now I get that. So now when we approach stuff, we approach it in a different way. And even on that part, that's helped him unlock not only he's, the coaching he's doing with, with me, but outside of his life, it's allowed him to get back into running and mm. all that sort of, and that is a synergy, right? Challenging yourself out of the side, the environments of business in your personal life and doing those marathons or doing those 5Ks or running around a block and then running around 1K and then that lot helps create that synergy in your environment because in you you can go into your work with a whole different mentality. Do you think people struggle to accept being able to just say, I just didn't bother doing it? Or do you, do you think people always have to have uh, a, a reason 
or do, is there many people that you meet whereby they're comfortable enough to be able to give an honest, even though it might sound lazy or that they don't care? Or do you think do you think there's many people that are honest enough to be able to just go, yeah, just shouldn't do it? Or does everyone always have to come up with a reason? I think that there's there's always a, a underlining reason to it, and there's just back to the coaching. It's like really unlocking the actual true reason why. Because yeah. like you do, there's certain things you're supposed to say, isn't there? And yeah. some things that you're not supposed to say. You know, like you wouldn't, even though it's probably true, you wouldn't hand uh, your girlfriend a, a bunch of flowers and say, "I'm really hoping you sleep with me." <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, even though it's, you're probably thinking it, yeah. <laughs> it's not something you're supposed to do. Yeah. So, do you think? Do you find that people sort of just come back and say it's like they're just saying anything that they're supposed to be saying? I was we were really busy. We did a lot of evaluations. I know someone was off sick, and is it always the same reasons um, from people? No, because I think there's the psychology around it. As business owners, we're all individual human beings, so there is. A real understanding around like the human aspect to it, and that's what that's what as a coach you have to really understand, like, and that's the difference within the track that with training and coaching and mentorship within coaching. It's what's the restrictions within stopping you achieve that. Mm. So if you you know if you don't do it, there's an, always a reason. Like okay, well, well, I I feel like I need to um, push myself beyond my boundaries fully knowing like I haven't told Rob that this person's off on holiday for five days and I'm out of the office this one day and I've got this massive project and I've got this to do but that will always get unlocked when we have a next chat about why yeah. why did it happen and then and then the realisation of like oh actually let's break it down so what can you then do in the next week so alright so we've got enough, we get the agent someone listening to this gets the idea right okay yeah I can see some of that in myself and yeah okay that makes sense what's a tangible thing then you must hear the same thing from a lot of agents I, I mean like you know you mentioned about I speak to a lot of agents and yeah we talk about all sorts of stuff but there's a there's a there's a main theme isn't there in a state agency how do I get better fees how do I get more instructions you know how do I make more money um, what's, what's a, some of the key things even if they don't seem even if it might not be obvious to an agent that you've seen reoccurring, someone does this and they start to notice a big change. Um, it doesn't have to even be practical. It doesn't even have to be logical based around, oh, that brought in loads of leads or that did this. Just something whereby you think when an agent does this, a change starts to happen. Um, I mean, from our, from from the section I coach within mm. the industry about what we what we do, obviously I know it's linked to life cycle, but there's parts within that. I mean, very basics, and I know we keep people have said it over and over again, but it's very very simple. It's like the commitment to your content strategy. Like dozens of agents I speak to, and it's you know they could be doing it, and all of a sudden like things get busy and it just doesn't happen, mm. and then a few months later. It's like when you look back and go, ah, oh, so reason why did it? Why did that stop? Oh, I'll give you a great example. Actually, I've been to an agent the other day, and he's had to move back, get back into his business because of just he said like it's not running the way what I want to run. And when we started to unlock it, he was saying like you know, 
I was really frustrated with this process and how their experience was with that. And then I talked around and go, okay, so like, is it a training issue or is it, is it like, you know, they just can't be bothered? And we got down to actually understanding that about a few years ago, they used to do training on a Thursday at like three o'clock, we used to close the office and do training every single week. Mm-hmm. The day he stepped out of the business was the same day those sort of things stopped happening. And then he worked it back that actually in those days were the good days when all this stuff started to happen. Yeah. So like, it's amazing how if you just stop doing the mundane stuff, yeah. the commitment to that, how much actually that veers you off into maybe the existing agency that you used to always hate being, hate doing, but it just comes back to the commitment of consistency. It's so true. It's like, the, as you said at the beginning, like they actually already know. Like I was chatting to an agent a couple of months back. He's got two offices. One of his offices is as dominant as you'll ever see an estate agent in an area. And I've known him for, I don't know, it's got to be 15 years now. And he's been killing it for the whole 15 years. And he had this branch, one branch, and about probably seven years ago, maybe something like that, he opened another branch in a slightly different area, obviously. Um, And I was at his office the other day and he was just saying like, they've just moved to a new premises, two floors, stunning office. Uh, really encapsulates the company. Um, and we was in these little now glass meeting room and he was like, yeah, I just, I don't know, the other office has never really kicked off, you know, down there, I sort of struggle with it. And I was like, why don't you close it? And he was like, well, it's, you know, it's always a consideration. They just, I don't know, I'm not sure they get it. And like, I was like, okay, but look around here. The, f- the feel of this office, mm. the buzz, like you're here, your partner's here. Like, I can see like all these people are looking in going like, oh, you know, he's out the back. We can, it's got the, cult- the whole culture. I said, I haven't never been to the other office, but could it be a case that the other office is like a, uh, is like your stepchild. <laughs> like people get sent to the other office that don't really want to work there and you don't really put the effort in and it doesn't do, and it just, you could see, I could see in his eyes that like, he was like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's like, so it's, it's all in your control. Yeah, You can close it, no problem. You know why, it wasn't those people's fault really. You know, or you can change it, you know, you can really, bring in some some of the company culture and the feeling. So as you say, like, there's nothing there that he's learned in that conversation. No. He already knew it. Just to refocus back on like, I could sort that office out if I wanted to, and or then, I could close it quite comfortably knowing why it and didn't then, work. It, then it comes back to that whole route of like, okay, once that's realized, like what's your, what's your direction? Yeah. Like, if you're gonna keep it, like, Going back to that whole thing of like, if you want to take from five to, to a million, like, what's the plan? Yeah. Like, how how regularly are you gonna commit commit to getting that change done in there? Rather than going, he's changing, and then like two weeks later, it's back to the same hamster wheel. Yeah. And like we we see it regularly. I mean, I, the biggest question I get actually asked a lot of the time is uh, like, what courses do I go on? Is, is there any courses you recommend out there? And the first question I tend to ask estate agents is like, what courses have you been on? Mm. And they list of all these different courses, these training events. Because there's a lot out there, there's right? A lot, yeah, there's loads out there. I say, okay, so you went on it last time, you asked me to go back on this time. So like, what did you implement last time you went on it a year ago? Mm. 
Like, give me, give me three of the top three you've implemented. It's amazing how many have gone, oh, still in that book, we haven't done it. Yeah. Like, so like, for me, I'd be saying to any, any agent out there, even on like that basis, like if, you, if you're a regular person attending these courses and being a part of these events, right? You can do all the bags of notes to that notebook, but you should always have on the back page, like three things to implement from this. Yeah. And then how am I going to implement it? And having like almost a deloading session after that period of time, you make sure you book in your diary, that then you then work and plan out and strategize how you're going to implement it, not go, oh, I learned this really good thing on a podcast and I'm just going to say it once and then forget about it, or a podcast or a training event. I'm going to just do it once and never never remember it again and think, oh, that worked one time, but I forgot about it, and that's three years later. I think that, that commitment to change is huge. Um, but that comes back to the mindset, going back to what you're saying about like, what difference you see in that, if you, it goes, I know it's very cliche, if you go fixed-term mindset and a long-term growth mindset, but it's so, so true. Like, do you, do you lean, into, lean into challenges or do you step back and... A lot of people just struggle with implementation though, don't they? I mean, yeah. I, when I first got into self-development and trying to find answers for the things, I, I sort of got to the stage in business where I thought to myself, someone must know this. And then you, and then you stumble into the world of self-development, right? And you stumble into coaches and mentors and courses and eBooks and physical books and all sorts of stuff. Um, and podcasts and everything and and it's easy to then get consumed with great ideas mm. and you get great ideas and it really inspires you and then you want another great idea and and I'm a, a, a kind of head in the clouds type person you know you can tell me a great idea and I'll I'll share it with you and I'll talk to you about it and I'll go this would be brilliant for our business and then I'll kind of go oh, and look at look at that shiny bird yeah. <laughs> and I need a someone like Haley in our business yeah who, who will stop and go like, yeah, yeah, that, that's all great. And what is it that you would like implemented? Mm. And how are we going to implement this? And I'll come back down to reality and go, oh, yeah, okay. So this, 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 this. And then that person can take that and make something of it. Yeah. And I think a lot of the agents that I speak to, that's a missing piece. They're mm. very entrepreneurial in spirit because most of them were an estate agent and then they decided to open their own business. Quite a lot of them still work as an estate agent in their own business, mm. but they're also an entrepreneur, and then everything falls on their shoulders. Not a, oh, poor me type thing, but y you generally kind of find that an ideas person hasn't got the consistency and, and, and the sustainability yeah. to get the idea actually implemented. They need to delegate it to somebody. Yeah. So I suppose in your coaching, you must talk to a lot of ideas people yeah and do you see a difference if there's someone on the call who is perhaps not an ideas person but is a and what's the homework type person yeah i mean you taught me this has been my mentor like a visionary operator yeah it comes back to that very basic one um and there's a sometimes i'll get on a call and i'll have the visionary there and i straight away down and like know that like they are heads in the cloud visionary not can blend between the two yeah um, so then almost have to find who who's the operator who's the operator behind the business so you know one of our clients we've just recently onboarded has excelled for the program and she's the operator because mm. she got it all she implemented it all and massively excelled it through if i had given it to the visionary 
right? Yeah, he'd still be fucking around. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, he'd just be <laughs> off and doing random stuff that we've never done. Yeah. And never, like, I'll give a great one is for a while, I had a client who wanted to do videos, wanted to do new videos, everything like that. I had it all planned out. And I said to him, like, okay, I, I've got to the point, I was very honest. I was like, we know what you've said to me in the past and what we've discussed. Like, you struggle to implement this. So, like, how are you going to achieve this? Don't worry, Rob, I'll do one a week. Like, three months later, one a week was still not happening. And when I look back on it, you go, if you had just committed to the very basics of it rather than thinking of like this cinematic thing you want to put out, you'd have had 12 pieces done within that period of time that had taken five minutes to do. Not, I need to get a record, video recorder in yeah. and do all that part to it. So by going down that journey, right, if there was a, he hasn't got an implementer in the back end or a person to organize that stuff. So it's always going to be that cause until they have someone that comes on board. And very interesting, actually, he's had someone come on board who is of that implementer style state, who's now started to take over and work mm. out that structure in it. So it's very, very, it comes back to it. Like you're very honest about that. Like it's very hard for sometimes a visionary to accept that they need someone to be accountable for. Yeah whether that is a coach, but also someone in the organization to say, hey, like you said you're gonna do this a month ago, like. Yeah, because it's I easy don't care to get defensive, saying. isn't yeah. it? And go like, yeah, well, I've been busy. It's yeah. like, oh, I know, well, you know you've been busy. We're not saying you're sitting around doing nothing. We're saying that you wanted to do 12 videos. Yeah. And you haven't done them. So what are you gonna do? So I think there's a, like, there's a, a multitude of different things that you need to maybe look at and assess that within your business environment. Like, who do I lean on? But then it comes back to like what type of culture you've got, and that's a whole bit of the topic we, we've discussed in the past. But I think if you go back to the original question we talked about, like training, like training is really important. Training is, is great for you, not only yourself but also your team to get involved with. And then going back to that repetitive side to it, like the amount of times where if you look at our our environments, we do those weekly training sessions, and people can go on and they're revisers or fresh, anyone joining. I remember like being in other environments where like you're training for two days and start like, see you later, bye, and then you're stuck and you can only retain 10% really of what you've been taught training-wise in those sort of days. So training is equally important to make sure that staff follow processes and they, and they understand and experience. So you can't turn around to someone and say, I've showed you once and expect them to learn it. That's an ongoing process. So if, you, if you're an agency who's stuck with staff not following processes, you need training. If you're stuck and stagnant and you keep repair, going around those same places and keep finding those same courses and doing that, you need to then have a coach. And then if you wanna excel to someone who you've seen the levels that other people have gone, then you need to find those mentors who have done that journey that can show you down that route. Yeah, love that, awesome. So hopefully if someone's listening to this, they they can take from that that the different the, the difference between the training and the coaching and the mentoring, but also that they probably already know the answers that they're looking for. Mm. If they could stop for a minute, put a focused day in, and just really be honest enough with themselves, they'd they'd find the solutions. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think great point you made halfway through this was removing the mask. So it's like the first step is like, how do I remove that mask? Yeah. 
and and start to it's almost a mask where it's almost like you got you're blinded within that yeah. mask how do you remove it off to start visually seeing things differently and how you can then take that next step to yeah developing out not a great idea to hand over flowers and say i'm hoping you're going to sleep with me tonight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. awesome thanks very much thanks for listening to this podcast my name is mark burgess estate zx is a community of learning inspiration and accountability all about the future of a state agency as we move through the 2020s.